Chapter Twenty Eight of the Inevitable. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading done by Jules Harlech. The Inevitable by Louis Capurus, translated by Alexander Texiera de Matos. The Inevitable, Chapter Twenty Eight. It was a couple of months after Easter, in the spring days of May. The flood of tourists had ebbed away immediately after the great church festivities, and Rome was already very hot and growing very quiet. One morning, when Cornelia was crossing the Piazza di Spagna, where the sunshine streamed along the cream-colored front of the Trinita di Monti and down the monumental staircase, where only a few beggars and the very last flower-boy sat dreaming with blinking eyelids in a shady corner. She saw the prince coming towards her. He bowed to her with a smile of gladness and hastened up to speak to her. How glad I am to meet you. I am in Rome for a day or two, on my way to San Stefano, to see my father on business. Business is always a bore, and this is more so than usual. Urania is at Nice, but it is too hot there, and we are going away. We have just returned from a trip on the Mediterranean, four weeks on board a friend's yacht. It was delightful. Why did you never come to see us at Nice, as Urania asked you to? I really wasn't able to come. I went to call on you yesterday in the Via di Serpente. They told me you had moved. He looked at her with a touch of mocking laughter in his small, glittering eyes. She did not speak. After that I did not like to commit a further indiscretion, he said, meaningly. Where are you going? To the post office. May I come with you? Isn't it too hot for walking? Oh, no, I love the heat. Come by all means, if you like. How is Urania? Very well, capital. She's capital. She's splendid, simply splendid. I should never have thought it. I should never have dared to think it. She plays her part to perfection. So far as she is concerned, I don't regret my marriage, but for the rest, Jesus mio, what a disappointment, what a disillusion. Why? You knew, did you not? I even now don't know how. You knew how many millions I sold myself? Not five millions, but ten millions. Ah, Signora mia, what a take-in. You saw my father-in-law at the time of our wedding. What a Yankee, what a stocking merchant, and what a tradesman. We're no match for him. I, Papa, or the Marchesa. First promises, contracts, oh, rather, but then haggling here, haggling there. We're no good at that, neither Papa nor I. Aunt alone was able to haggle, but she was no match for the stocking merchant. She had not learnt that, in all the years during which she kept a boarding house. Ten millions? Five millions? Not three millions. Oh, yes, perhaps we did get something like that, 
plus a heap of promises for our children's children when everybody's dead ah senora senora i was better off before i was married true i had debts then and not now but urania is so economical so practical i should never have thought it of her it has been a disappointment to everybody papa my aunt the monsignori you should have seen them together they could have scratched one another's eyes out papa almost had a stroke my aunt nearly came to blows with the monsignori ah senora senora i don't like it i am a victim winter after winter they angled with me but i didn't want to be the bait i struggled i wouldn't let the fish bite and then this came of it not three millions lire nor dollars i was so stupid i thought at first it would be dollars and urania's economy she allows me my pocket money she controls everything does everything she knows exactly how much i lose at the club yes you may laugh but it's sad don't you see that i sometimes feel as if i could cry and she has such queer notions for instance we have our flat at nice and we keep on my rooms in the palazzo raspoli as a pied de terre in rome that's enough we don't come often to rome because we are black and urania thinks it's dull in the summer we were to go here or there to some watering place that was all right that was settled but now urania suddenly conceives the notion of selecting san stefano as a summer residence san stefano i ask you i shall never be able to stand it true it's high up it's cool it's a pleasant climate good fresh mountain air but i need more in my life than mountain air i can't live on mountain air oh you wouldn't know urania she can be so awfully obstinate it's settled now beyond recall in the summer san stefano and the worst of it is that she has won papa's heart by it i have to suffer they're two to one against me and the worst of it is that urania says we shall have to be very economical in order to do san stefano up a bit it's a famous historical place but fallen into grisly disrepair it's not our fault we never had any luck there was once a forte brasio pope after that our star declined and we never had another stroke of luck again san stefano is the type of ruined greatness you ought to see the place to economize to renovate san stefano that's urania's ideal she has taken it into her head to do that honor to our ancestral abode however she has won papa's heart by it and he has recovered from his stroke but can you understand now that il povero giglio is poorer than he was before he acquired shares in a chicago stocking factory there was no checking his flow of words he felt profoundly unhappy small beaten tame conquered destroyed and he had a need to ease his heart they had passed the post office and now retraced their steps 
he looked for sympathy from cornelie and found it in the smiling attention with which she listened to his grievances she replied that after all it showed that urania had a real feeling for san stefano oh yes he admitted humbly she is very good i should never have thought it she is every inch a princess and a duchess it's splendid but the ten millions gone an illusion but tell me how well you're looking each time i see you you've grown lovelier and lovelier do you know that you're a very lovely woman you must be very happy i'm certain you're an exceptional woman i always said so i don't understand you may i speak frankly are we good friends you and i i don't understand i think what you have done such a terrible thing i have never heard of anything like it in our world i don't live in your world prince very well but all the same your world must have much the same ideas about it and the calmness the pride the happiness with which you do just quietly as you please i think it perfectly awful i stand aghast at it and yet it's a pity people in my world are very easy-going but that sort of thing is not allowed prince once more i have no world my world is my own sphere i don't understand that tell me how am i to tell urania for i should think it delightful if you would come and stay at san stefano oh do come do come to keep us company i entreat you be charitable do a good work but first tell me how shall i tell urania she laughed what what they told me in the via di serpenti that your address was now signor van der Stahl's studio via del babbino laughing she looked at him almost pityingly it is too difficult for you to tell her she replied a little condescendingly i will myself write to urania and explain my conduct he was evidently relieved that's delightful capital and will you come to san stefano no i can't really why not i can no longer move in the circle in which you live after my change of address she said half laughing half seriously he shrugged his shoulders listen he said you know our roman society so long as certain conventions are observed everything's permitted exactly but it's just those conventions which i don't observe and that's where you are wrong believe me i am saying it as your friend i live according to my own laws and i don't want to move in your world he folded his hands in entreaty yes yes i know you are a new woman you have your own laws but i beseech you take pity on me be an angel of mercy and come to san stefano she seemed to hear a note of seduction in his voice and therefore said prince even if it agreed with the conventions of your world even then i shouldn't wish to for i will not leave van der Stahl. you come first and let him come a little later urania will be glad to have his advice on some artistic questions 
concerning the doing up of San Stefano. We have a lot of pictures there, and old things generally. Do let's arrange that. I am going to San Stefano tomorrow. Urania will follow me in a week. I will suggest to her to ask you down soon. Really, Prince, it can't happen just yet. Why not? She looked at him for some time before answering. Shall I be candid with you? But of course. They had already passed the post office twice. The street was quite silent and deserted. He looked at her inquiringly. Well, then, she said, we are in great financial difficulties. We have no money at present. I have lost my little capital, and the small sum which I earn by writing an article is spent. Duco is working hard, but he is engaged on a big work and making nothing in the meantime. He expects to receive a bit of money in a month or so. But at the moment we have nothing, nothing at all. That is why I went to a shop by the Tiber this morning to ask how much a dealer would give for a couple of old pictures which Duco wants to sell. He doesn't like parting with them, but there's no help for it. So you see that I can't come. I should not care to leave him. Besides, I should not have the money for the journey or a decent wardrobe. He looked at her. The first thing he had noticed was her new and blooming loveliness. Now he noticed that her skirt was a little worn and her blouse none too fresh, though she wore a couple of roses in the waistband. Jesus mio, he exclaimed, and you tell me that so calmly, so quietly. She smiled and shrugged her shoulders. What would you have me do? Moan and groan about it? But you are a woman, a woman to revere and respect, he cried. How does van der Stahl take it? He's a bit depressed, of course. He has never known money trouble, and it hinders him from employing his full talent. But I hope to help him bear up during this difficult time. So you see, Prince, that I can't come to San Stefano. But why didn't you write us? Why not ask us for the money? It is very nice of you to say that, but the idea never even occurred to us. Too proud? Yes, too proud. But what a position to be in. What can I do for you? May I give you two hundred lire? I have two hundred lire on me, and I will tell Urania that I gave it to you. No, thank you, Prince. I am very grateful to you, but I can't accept it. Not from me? No. Not from Urania? Not from her either. Why not? I want to earn my money, and I can't accept alms. A fine principle, but for the moment. I remain true to it. Will you allow me to tell you something? What? I admire you. More than that, I love you. She made a gesture with her hand and wrinkled her brows. Why mayn't I tell you so? An Italian does not keep his love concealed. I love you. You are more beautiful and nobler and superior to anything that I could ever imagine any woman to be. Don't be angry with me. I'm not asking anything of you. I am a bad lot, 
but at this moment i really feel the sort of thing that you see in our old family portraits an atom of chivalry which has survived by accident i ask for nothing from you i merely tell you and i say it in urania's name as well as my own that you can always rely on us urania will be angry that you haven't written to us they now entered the post office and she bought a few stamps there go my last soldi she said laughing and showing her empty purse we want the stamps to write to the secretary of an exhibition in london are you seeing me home she saw suddenly that he had tears in his eyes do accept two hundred lire from me he entreated she smilingly shook her head are you dining at home he asked she gave him a quizzing look yes she said he was unwilling to ask any further questions was afraid lest he should wound her be kind he said and dine with me this evening i'm bored i have no friends in rome at the moment everybody is away not at the grand hotel but in a snug little restaurant where they know me i'll come and fetch you at seven o'clock do be nice and come for my sake he could not restrain his tears i shall be delighted she said softly with her smile they were standing in the porch of the house in the via del babuino where the studio was he raised her hand to his lips and pressed a fervent kiss upon it then he took off his hat and hurried away she went slowly up the stairs mastering her emotion before she entered the studio End of chapter 28